Bloody Elbow presents the MMA Bunker. Pull down the blinds and encrypt your comms. Our fearless leader is on lockdown and back in his bunker after a long hiatus. He's providing his thoughts on the UFC, the state of MMA business, incriminating rumors, and the latest spicy headlines. Complete with the MMA tete-a-tete, featuring interviews with guests from the MMA community. Pay Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Kid Nate Wilcox. Hola, Cage Fighting Connoisseurs. I'm Kid Nate Wilcox, and I'm welcoming Ben the Bane Davis to the MMA Tay a Tay. Ben, welcome. Nate, hey, it's a pleasure to be here, sir. Should I call you Bane? It's honestly up to your preference. Uh, I respond to both. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good policy. Uh, that's a good policy. So let's start. I, I want to start with like your personal journey into an MMA, you're becoming an MMA public figure. But let's start with your personal journey into becoming an MMA fan first. First, how old are you? Where did you first yeah, see MMA? 20. And when did you get hooked? So I'm 23 years young. And my entry to mixed martial arts came in about 2017 because a good friend of mine, my best friend in high school, he offered uh, to bring me to this, this Buffalo Wild Wings to watch Daniel Cormier. Classic. And John Jones, too. And I was like, dude, I'd never watched MMA before. I'd heard about it. I was aware of some of the bigger figures, but I had never seen it. Um, but at that Buffalo Wild Wings, Nate, I mean, I felt this energy that I had never experienced at a live sporting event. And I was like, dude, I'm not even at the venue. Um, and, and when Jones head kicked Daniel Cormier, the crowd exploded. And I was like, this is a group of people who look like they're part of a biker club. Uh, but they're all combined over the same thing and expressing so much joy and the nicest people in the world. And I was like, I got to get involved with this. So from that point forward, I started following it. And when I went to ASU, there weren't a, a lot of people that watched MMA that I was friends with. So I would walk a mile every Saturday to uh, this like old sports bar that was playing the events. And that was like, <laughs> that was like two years how I, you know, cultivated and, and developed a, you know, uh, an affinity for MMA. Cool. And so was that the Jones Cormier fight that ended up getting overturned? I think so. Yeah. I think that was uh, unfortunately what had happened with the and result. So where did you hear about that? And what was your reaction to that? I mean, it was years later. Yeah. It was somewhere I was like looking at topology because I think when I was watching it as a fan for the first couple of years, I wasn't really tuned into, you know, the media or the people that were covering it or, you know, the stories about it. I was just like, I like watching fighting. And yeah. every Saturday, I'll go dedicate some time to it. So when I looked uh, you know, back on it, I found out that it was overturned. I was disappointed. You know, I think that's a good adjective to describe a lot of John Jones's career is disappointing. Um, you know, you, yeah. you want to believe a guy as talented as he is inside the cage would um, make much smarter decisions outside of it. But, you know, we've all got our vices and life ain't perfect. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's a little bit leaves a lot to be desired. So with that as your starting point, what's been your peak MMA fan experience so far? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, 
I think so. I was at the Apex in September for Corey Sanhagen and Song Yudong. Um, I was uh, I was able to head out there for that event. It's just a different experience. I know as fans, we love to knock on the Apex, and I think that deservedly so. It's not a great venue from a viewing perspective, but if you are somebody who enjoys going to the events itself, there's no better place to watch fights in person than the Apex. The experience that you get, the um, proximity is just unmatched, and the the verbalization that you can hear, the coaches in between rounds, the impact of the, the punches and the kicks during the, the fight itself, like it is the absolute pinnacle of a combat sports experience. So as a fan, when I put that hat on, I would say that was probably one of the coolest nights I've had. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard the Apex compared to Shakespeare's Globe Theater when they used to have bear baiting. <laughs> <laughs> when they would set a pack yeah, of dogs loose on the, on the black bear in a very, very small, intimate environment. You could look down and see the mayhem right there. So um, what's been your biggest letdown as an MMA fan in this time? Oh, that's a good one, man. It's always fun to celebrate the peaks, but we don't talk about the valleys enough. Um, I would say let down as a fan. Gosh, I'll, I'll go with what's most recent. I think that, and funnily enough, it, it extends to John Jones as well. I was really disappointed with Cyril Gaunt's performance. <laughs> as a fan, I was like really interested in seeing how this this individual who has taken 265 by storm and had a tough setback with Francis Ngannou. Um, you know, I was like, man, he's going to come out here and he's going to look rejuvenated he knew what he needed to fix he needed to shore up the grappling so i was like this is going to be a really good competitive fight and then it, it just wasn't <laughs> yeah um, yeah so i would it, say that was one more of the letdowns he even looked smaller i mean you know mm-hmm. you would expect the and i knew he was shorter but you'd expect the guy moving up in weight to seem smaller than the other guy. I, I doubt you remember this fight, but years ago, Frank Shamrock, who had once fought at light heavyweight, he fought T Ortiz at 205 pounds or 199, I think was the limit at the time when he fought uh, Nick Diaz and Nick Diaz was way bigger than him. It was totally mind blowing since Diaz had fought at lightweight and welterweight and everything. <laughs> but you know, the, the taller dude is remains the taller dude, but that, yeah, that, that, uh, Still gain John Jones fight. It's like I don't know if you ever seen those YouTube videos where they like put a black widow and a praying mantis in a jar together and see what happens. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like 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 both critters look real scary in isolation. Then you get them in the jar, and the praying mantis just sets about methodically preying upon the helpless black widow. <laughs> and you're like, literally, wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's not what I was expecting, but yeah. What's the fight <laughs> that you most want to see? What's your dream fight that could actually happen? <sighs> Good one. I, I, I'll say a fight and a fighter specifically that I just wish to be more active, period. Uh, Colby Covington. Now, here's the thing. I dislike the gimmick. I think it's a dumb act, but he's a talented fighter. He's a fantastic athlete inside the cage, but he's just so inactive. And when he does compete, it's against individuals who I feel aren't as, you know, they're not as relevant or they're at points in their careers where this win doesn't mean as much as it would have. Uh, you know, a period of time beforehand. So I just wish he was more active against the top guys. He's got no top 15 wins. With Jorge Masvidal's retirement, Colby Covington has zero top 15 wins. That is bananas for, I think he's what, number two or number three in the division. For that guy that's ranked so high to have no top 15 wins, I'm like, dude, you got to be more active against these guys. He fought Shavkat Rachmanov. He fought Hamzat Chemaev. Like, that's, that's what I would love to see out of a guy like Colby Covington. So, 
I would say in terms of, you know, a fight that I want to see in terms of dream fight, it's just I wish that dude gets off the bench, man, so I can stop criticizing him. Like, <laughs> I've got <laughs> nothing to say. I've got nothing to say. If you go out there and whoop Shopkot rocking up, you go decisively dominate. I've got no critiques. But unfortunately, you sit on the bench and you beat guys that aren't relevant. I'm yeah. going to criticize that. So. Please stop me before I criticize Colby Covington again. That's going to be our headline. Ben Davis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure people would love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think that all plenty of our lives to do is trash Colby Covington. What about the brain injury (laughs) angle, though? Like, you know, Colby's claiming that that he was assaulted by, and he was, by, by, uh, or apparently was assaulted by Jorge Masvidal and, and suffered some brain damage. And now some people are saying, that he shouldn't be allowed to fight anymore because of, of this this injury claim. You know, I think what's interesting about it is, do we have any, you know, CT scans or any medical substance to back up that claim? I'm not discounting it by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I'm sure that he um, had his own fair share of either brain damage or just uh, trauma from the event. I can't imagine getting sucker punched is a fun thing to experience. Uh, no, it's not. Know, I can tell you personally. Straight up. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe that was a thing that was preventing him for a period of time. But again, facts are facts. You know, you sat out for a year and the division is really moving on. And if that is something serious, drop the gimmick. Drop the act and beat Colby Covington, the person, for a second versus Colby Covington, the WWE type, uh, you know, UFC fighter. So I think with him and his his current state of events, I just don't know. I just don't know what's real or not, truthfully. Ah, and speaking of don't know what's real or not, and you did bring up WWE. What do you make of Endeavor buying WWE and spinning UFC and WWE off into their own company with no name yet, but it does have a stock ticker, TKO. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Music B, RSS Radio, IMDB, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, Podcruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care Podcast, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Crooklyn's Corner, the Sixth Round Retro, the Show Money Podcast, the MMA Depressed Us, exclusive fighter interviews, and the return of the MMA Bunker.